Welcome back to The Human Exception. This week, Hallie tells us about ghost towns of the Upper Peninsula, and Courtney tells us some of her own spectral and unexplained encounters. As always, expect some foul language, and let's get ready for another Human Exception. wants to go last i can go i'm happy to do it i can go last either way it doesn't okay. matter mine's, no, okay. mine's not as concrete as your guys is mine is all <laughs> do the concrete stuff first <laughs> and then we'll finish with a hot mess it'll be good <laughs> oh yes heck yeah all right all right all right all right, all right. so since we're on creepy weird things and ghost towns and all of the ghosts and toilet ghosts toilet go- i'm never gonna get over that <laughs> toilet, toilet ghosts ghost. i know right that a for life amazing oh my gosh all right so i went looking for i specifically went looking for ghost stories and like some of the real remote places in the up the upper peninsula of michigan Instead, what I found is a whole bunch of ghost towns. <laughs> <laughs> I totally forgot stories. this is what you were doing. I'm like, where is she going with this? I don't remember. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. But it led me down this path of like, there. Are, we'll get into it, but it's really interesting how remote some of those places still are and what's kind of happened to them with um, like boom bust industrialization and that kind of thing. So. All right, ghost. So ghost towns, ghost towns of the of the UP of the Upper Peninsula. I'm gonna call it the UP because it's much shorter to say than Upper Peninsula. Plus, <laughs> I have these teeth in these liners in that make me lisp all the time. So I'm just gonna try to not <laughs> fair not trip over my own tongue as much as possible. Um. So okay, ghost town. Now, when I think of a ghost town, I think of like that very Hollywood esque dirt road tumbleweed the wind flapping some squeaky shutters on derelict buildings right there's like a if you're going down the horror movie path it's like there's a battered farm windmill that churns ominously in the background isn't like, that like 50 and, and squeaks really loud along route 66 or something yeah <laughs> <laughs> right yeah, any any of that. It could be like the old American West. It could be a horror movie setup. It could be um, even ivy-covered stone buildings left on a hillside in Europe. That was a whole sidebar that I didn't go down because I was like, there's a whole set of like ghost towns in Europe that are fascinating. That would be really interesting. Yeah, definitely. It's really interesting, yeah. Because, uh, again, they're so much older yeah that what's in the states so it's completely like how does something get abandoned for so long <laughs> right right and why it like why it's still clinging there it's still hanging on to the cliffside you know <laughs> um and so apologies for the cat who is pissed that i'm not in bed <laughs> um so <laughs> she's very mad 
Um, so there are actually ghost towns all over the world. So I figured, you know, let's go a little closer to home. Let's look at the UP. Um, and there's a slew of them. It's really interesting, but the story isn't totally unfamiliar. A lot of these towns that are now considered ghost towns or abandoned or derelict were built around a booming industry, very specifically copper mining, oh. some lumber, some intercontinental shipping on like railroad grades that are now, interestingly enough, used as snowmobile trails. <laughs> cool. This is where we're at. Um, but we're going to look very specifically at the Keweenaw Peninsula, uh, which is absolutely stunning and it's known as michigan's uh copper country so i have some pictures and it really is just beautiful it's ridiculous how pretty it is um in this area but you can oh, kind of wow. see oh wow yeah it's it's gorgeous it's about four hours from where i'm at now here's one of uh one of the forests in the area just nothing that forest is thick yeah, mm-hmm. for miles and miles and miles, nothing around. Um, it is and absolutely a place you get lost. Totally. Mm-hmm. That's a place where you get lost and never come back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, this is the Keweenaw Peninsula, so you can see exactly where it's at and where the Canadian border is. Yeah. Um, next, yeah, so it's outside of the Hiawatha National Forest. Um, we'll talk a little bit about the uh, Marquette area, too. Um, come on, kitty. It's okay. You can do it. This ancient cat is so mad at me. All right. Um, But it it really is kind of the hook of the very, very, very top of the Upper Peninsula. And we'll we'll put a a map in. Uh, Kayla, I can send you a a Wiki Commons one. Um, But it's really an interesting, really an interesting place. So uh, Kewana is an Ojibwe word that means the crossing place or land crossing between two waters. And it refers to traversing Portage Lake to reach the peninsula. So it's an indigenous word. Um, and it is it really is the n- northernmost part. And it's home to roughly only 43,000 people. Wow. That whole peninsula. That's wild. Miles and miles and miles and miles. Nothing there. No one's there anymore. Uh, and it is kind of extreme as far as climate goes in the U.S. You see these really short springs, really mild summers, beautiful autumns, and then winters that we're going to talk about the snow. Winters that can get anywhere from 180 to 250 inches of snow. Jesus. What? I'll show you here in a little bit the the record. Yeah, it's, it's wild. <laughs> uh, yeah, you have nice. everything from white sand beaches backed onto some of the world's oldest known lava formations and then peaks mountain peaks that reach as high as 900 feet there are more mountains forests lakes waterfalls and so much and very few people um 900 feet or 9,000 feet 900 feet okay yeah it definitely not 9,000 feet (laughs) (laughs) that would be a Interesting landscape. But the fact that we even have, like, there's even a rise at all is yeah, really, really that is fascinating. Um, especially considering there's also lava formations. Like, yeah. that's wild. What the, what the heck? 
so copper used to be so easily accessible in the peninsula that the indigenous peoples living there could crack it right off the surface of the earth with fundamental like rudimentary tools damn you could just just go popping copper right out of the ground <laughs> Um, they found big nuggets of copper and they used them for tools and trading and even ornamental objects during the late, the middle to late archaic stage, which was anywhere from 800 to about 3000 years ago. Uh, and of course, because it was originally indigenous land, I didn't want to leave out that bit of history when we're talking about this area. Um, so I have a quote here from an article. It says, the Kewina was a remote backwards populated by Chippewa Indians until Michigan's first state geologist published a report in 1841 describing the massive copper deposits beneath the ground there. That spawned, as we might unfortunately expect, a land rush, a land rush by speculators, investors, and entrepreneurs who established dozens of mining companies in the region, followed by tens of thousands of immigrants from Finland, Cornwall, and other parts of Europe who flooded the region to work in the mines. And in response, the mining companies built and operated dozens of towns to accommodate them while they dug millions of dollars from the ground. And not a dollar went to the indigenous 1840s. people. Oh, yep. All at the cost of the people who were already living there. Yeah. Wow. Um, the region is known to this day as Copper Country because it was home to America's first mining boom, which in its heyday supplied nearly all of the nation's copper and created 10 times more wealth than the California gold rush. Wow. Holy yeah. shit. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. I was really surprised. Uh, there are still thousands of miles carved out beneath the peninsula of tunnels, old mine shafts. It is kind of a dangerous area sometimes, too, if you just go wandering around. Not something I recommend doing. <laughs> um, so during the middle of the 19th century, when the settlers in the area were growing the copper industry, employing thousands of people in the mines, and then there were nearby towns that sprung up in this wake... At the same time, there was a massive white pine logging boom. So you have two industries not really bumping into each other too much because you do have to clear the wood to get to make the mines. Um, but it, they, all of these towns sprung up. So now the peninsula is home to uh, what are considered basically ghost towns. Ghost towns like Fayette, Central... Pershaney and Nunsuch. Yes, that was its name. <laughs> Nunsuch. Um, <laughs> a lot of them popped up as part of the copper and logging boom and bust era, but other ones were just there to support the growing population that eventually did bust. Um, so uh, what's left are... Uh, oh, who left? Who died? Uh, Craig. Craig. The Craig's. It's fine. Just Craig. Right. We're good. It's just Craig. We're good. Yep. Okay. Wanted to make that. Made to make sure because it was Craig and not not Craig. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right. Cool. Uh, so now all that's left are dilapidated houses and forgotten cemeteries, and it's really kind of uh, it's a little it's a little spooky. It's a little spooky. So here is uh one of the cemeteries, and you can see some historians. Uh, looking at this really interesting oh that's cool to see these pictures yeah uh this is uh fayette this is all that's left of fayette 
Damn. It's it's stunning. I mean, the, the vistas are incredible. And this is in Michigan, of all fucking places. Like It almost looks more like a painting than it does an actual yeah. place. It also looks yeah. like it's seaside more than a it lake does. Side. It looks like Greece or something. Yeah. It's it's really really beautiful, and um, I, I definitely need to to get up there at some point. I'm trying to find the picture of the copper. Oh, here we go. And there's some of the co- like big old chunks oh. of copper coming out of these mines. Yeah, That's so cool. I've never seen that before. Oh, I man. know, I know. This was, it was this was very educational. We'll say I had no idea about a lot of this. Um, okay, so. Lost my spot. Here we go. All right. So now what's left are these towns, and the area mostly relies on tourist dollars, hikers, skiers, and the like. Plus, there are still a few small-scale logging operations. Um, There's a lot of history there, even after the residents have long passed on. Scrappers and scavengers have found old guns, bits of copper, gold and silver, old relics, wagon wheels, quote, wrapped around trees, and much more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because we're going to talk about the snow here in a second. Uh-huh. <laughs> what get, what gets buried there. Really interesting. Um, and one resident living in this area said to, quote, look for the apple trees. That's how you know, that's how you can tell where people once lived because they're one of the few fruits that grow this far north and people routinely planted them in their backyards. And this is completely true. You can actually follow where even if there's nothing there anymore if there are a bunch of apple trees growing in the area very likely someone had lived there at one point that's interesting i know i know uh you can also find old graveyards like cliff cemetery which is the image that i i popped into discord for y'all uh there are a few reproduction general stores some visitor centers and that kind of thing there's just not much there it mostly attracts the outdoorsy types and the history buffs and it's not really bringing in the heavy tourism dollars either so even today the kanawha peninsula stands largely untouched and mostly abandoned hmm. uh, so fayette is a really good example of what happened to these towns in the peninsula So it's now home to a state park, and that park contains the town's ruins, which include uh, massive twin furnaces that used to be uh, used for smelting iron. There are a couple of private homes. There's a small hotel and a company store, uh, but that's, that's it. That's it. And the town only lasted not even 30 years. At its height was from 1967 to 1981. And there were roughly 500 people who lived there. When the charcoal and iron smelting industries died down at the turn of the century, the town faded and eventually became what you see today. 30 years is not long. No, Mm -hmm. no. Talk about boom. I mean, it's a true boom bust in the area. Yeah. Um, so it's not even, it's not even like, it's like what, like a quarter of a generation. It's not even, it's not any, you, you could have been born there and then don't remember it. (laughs) it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's wild. Uh, there are other towns like Phoenix that have a few more residents and I'm going to show you what was maybe the most interesting image I ran across, uh, but you need the backstory on it. 
So Phoenix was named after the site of the Phoenix Mine, which was founded in 1845, and it was one of the earliest copper mines on the peninsula. So boom, you have stores, a school, churches, hotels, and a ton more that popped up. There were around 800 people in the town at its height, but then 1893 brought about a massive collapse in copper prices, and it dropped the population almost overnight to 100 people. Wow. Yeah, and it never really got much above that, even now. Uh, there's a woman named Arbutus Peterson who runs the only store in Phoenix, and she's a retired octogenarian who loves how peaceful everything is there. Um, but the town isn't without its humor, because just down the road from her store, there's an unused church that was built in 1859. It's now unused, but it was built in 18, 1858, sorry, to serve the Catholics working in a nearby mine. Um, which was opened in 1845, just a couple miles down the road. The church was dismantled once the mine closed in 1870 and then relocated to the then-thriving town of Phoenix in 1899, but then nothing happened. <laughs> the town went bust, uh, and then soon Phoenix was abandoned. And this <laughs> church is now considered twice unlucky, mm -hmm. and it sits in this ghost town. And apart from special occasions, it's now a museum Filled with strange life-size mannequins that portray no. what life was like. Once. Absolutely yep. not. No. It's, it's, so don't look at it, Courtney. It's a little it all on fire. Oh my god. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> oh my god. That's hilarious. Seen, have you ever seen like those those cursed Zillow mm -hmm. things where they have like mannequins in the house yep. fucking this no is, this is cursed yeah fucking no it's so that weird. was one of the first images i found and i went the fuck <laughs> <laughs> so there's a, actually a funny story from that uh, from uh, about that from an article that i was reading so i'll um i'll give you a bit of that it says a tourist who saw the quaint church and came into Phoenix, into the phoenix store to make an inquiry maybe his daughter could have her wedding there he wondered I'll note he hadn't gone in yet. Uh, after briefly snapping at him, as is her way, Arbutus Peterson gave the man a church caretaker's phone number to call, and then he left. She returned to her post at the window, waiting for something to see outside, musing about the future of her hometown, which for her was never much of a town to begin with. Uh, the man did not come back to make that reservation <laughs> once he saw the church. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, well... Nope, nope, um, nope, don't so, win against. <laughs> exactly. You're like, nope, no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> uh, there's another town near nearby, about 12 miles down the road, named Delaware. It's at the tip of the peninsula. And this ghost town is known as the snow capital of the Midwest for getting 390 inches of snow during the winter of 1978 to 9. It wasn't even that fucking long ago. 390 mm -hmm. here's, here's the thermometer. Yeah. Holy crap. Yep. 32 feet. Holy Cumulative. Shit. Yep. Cumulative That's over insane. over the uh, over the winter, but that is yeah. It just never and 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 it built up and built up because it's so stinking cold up there. Mm -hmm. That's wild. But think of like the igloos igloos you could build. <laughs> Oh, I know. <laughs> your you whole could, your whole town so is just like a series just, of tunnels. 
Mm-hmm. Just tunnels. Yeah. You could build so many snowmen. <laughs> so many snowmen. Um, there's not much there in Delaware. There's a defunct mine that gives tours. And above ground, they're still part of a powder house, a building of rough-hewn stone where miners stored explosives and where one wall was intentionally made weaker so that the other, than the others so that when the in- thing invariably blew up at some point, the explosion would be directed in a predetermined direction. <laughs> You're just planning okay. for failure at that point. Basically, yep. <laughs> now we built this thing. But uh, that wall over there, yeah, you just stay away from that wall. (laughs) (laughs) I love it so much. This cracked me up. Uh, And then you have the town of Central, which is another ghost town. Uh, So, quote, there are nearly two dozen houses still standing along a network of dirt roads, most of them intact and preserved. Some are even fully furnished with beds and dressers in the bedrooms, iron stoves in the kitchens, and antique cabinet radios in the living rooms, as if the residents just wandered off one day and left everything behind. And in their midst is one home that's different from the rest, a small cabin of brown wood and white chinking, surrounded by a manicured lawn. It's the home of the lone resident of Central. So this guy's name is Jim Vivian. He is a 70-something-year-old retiree and county commissioner. He's a preservationist and an amateur historian. And he loves the town so much that he chose to live there because of his admiration for its history and beauty. I do not know how this man does this. That's that's kind of sweet. Lives there all by himself. I know. Aww. I know. I was like, oh, buddy. Um... <laughs> It's really interesting because it, this was one of the bigger towns Central was. It was created for the workers of the Central Mine, uh, which operated around that same mid to late 1800s. And during the 40 years or so that the mine operated, they mined 52 million pounds of copper. Jesus. So much copper. It's so much. Jesus. I can't I even fathom to, like, that. I was going to say, it took me a second because I was trying to figure out what number that was. It's just a lot. It's a shit ton. <laughs> just a shit and, and it was worth so much. Hundreds of millions of dollars. Oh yeah. If not more. Just ridiculous. Um at the peak of the town and the mine operation, there were about twelve hundred people who lived there, so a, a fair bit bigger than the other ones. And the last full-time resident, outside of Jim here, uh, moved away in 1952, though many of the houses were kept over the years as summer homes by former residents, which then extended the lives of the homes. And in 1996, the local historical society acquired 32 acres of the town and restored a number of the houses. They created hiking trails, opened a visitor center, and designated the area as the Central Mine Historic District and began offering tours. And that's when Jim decided to move in there. So he kind of does his own thing. Um, he, I, I like this quote of his in here. He said, I don't think of it as a ghost town. I think of it as a little village that we're trying to reconstruct and chase the ghosts away. Is Jim part of the tour? Like they go through town like, and this is Jim. (laughs) Yeah. And here's Jim. Uh, He's alive. Don't worry. It's it's fine. (laughs) Not a mannequin. (laughs) Not a mannequin. Not someone, you know, trying to look spooky. It's fine. So uh, uh, there are, are a ton more towns in the area. There's actually like a whole big website. It'll be in the, in the uh, show notes. 
uh, that you can go and, and look at. It's run by, you know, the Michigan like state government so that they can kind of capture all this history. Uh, but I did promise ghost stories. I have two. They're very short. Um, so one is about Madame Mojeska and the Calumet Theater. So there's reports of a presence in this place, and a lot of people have pinpointed it to a woman who her stage name was Madame Mojeska. She was a Polish actress, and stories like this have floated around the peninsula since around 1958. Now, she died in 1909, a few years after the Calumet Theater opened, and uh, she was a famous Shakespearean actress who performed there three times before her death. So here's the theater. It's very pretty. Uh, where's the thing? Here's the building. Very unobtrusive from the outside. But then you get on the inside and it's like, wow, okay. Oh, yeah. oh wow. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Very. It, it's small. It's very small. Um, but yeah. And then here's the, the madame herself. So there you go. Oh. Mm -hmm. uh, I know. I'm very proper looking. I love it. I wonder if there's so, any uh, stories about her. <laughs> oh, <laughs> she a toilet ghost? That'd be pretty great. That'd be pretty great. Yeah. If you saw her floating around, I'd be like, nope, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> I'm leaving. I'm out. And people have, actually. Uh, so there, there's a couple little bits of history that the Calumet Theater's website has up. And uh, this one, this quote is from the executive director of the theater from a few years back, Laura Miller. She said, we developed our haunted reputation in 1958 when uh, another actress lost a line talking about the taming of the shrew, and she saw the spirit of Madame Mojeska come to her from the first balcony and mouth the, her next line to her. Since then, there have been several different people that have claimed to see the spirit of Mojeska floating around. Uh, and then... <laughs> It's pretty great. It's not instead of like, you know, just standing there all spooky and like threatening to kill you or anything, she's like, That's your line. <laughs> <laughs> Say the words. Do it yeah, better. Exactly. It's a very helpful ghost. Um and then from the theater's press release before a fundraising event in twenty sixteen, uh, they kind of elaborated on this backstory a little bit. And it says, in recent years, several professional paranormal teams have conducted investigations at the theater. Based on the data acquired from their scientific equipment, paranormal activity has been confirmed. The Calumet Theater first gained its haunted reputation in 1958. And then they tell that story again uh, about where she lost the line. And it says, while ad-libbing, Lane saw a bright light from the balcony come toward her. Madame Majeska's hand reached out to Lane's hand, the actor, the other actress, and said the missing word, or the missing word was spoken to her. After the show, Miss Lane swore that Madame Helena Majeska appeared to her, helping her recover from the miscue of her speech. And since then, since then, strange and inexplicable occurrences have been reported at the Calumet Theater. <laughs> I love it. That's fun. It's Wild. fun. It's it's pretty tame. There's no Bloody Mary involved. No. <laughs> the next one is not tame. So oh. this is where we'll we'll round it out. This is about the Lilac Room at the Landmark Inn in Marquette, which if you look at that map, is just kind of down the peninsula to the right, to the east uh, of some of these ghost towns. So it's south of Kanawha Bay, and it's near the Esping... Es Piming, wow, National Mine, these words are so hard to pronounce, <laughs> um, is the town of Marquette. 
It's the largest city in the entire Upper Peninsula, and it has half the population of the entire Kanawha Peninsula, just for scale. <laughs> oh. In town. Yep. So you very quickly get out of civilization the further north you go. Uh, the Landmark Inn is a historic building in downtown Marquette, and it seems like the entire town knows the story of the Lilac Room. I have a picture of the room. Yeah. Uh, actually, here's a picture of the the foyer in the hotel. Very pretty. Ooh. Ooh. And then here is the lilac room, which is deeply unobtrusive. Oh, it, no, there. it's unsettling. It is. <laughs> I hate the wall. I hate the wallpaper. The wallpaper's pretty gnarly. Yeah. And and the matching balances. That's how you know you're in a no good place. <laughs> Oh my gosh. So the Landmark Inn uh, was opened in January 1930, and it quickly became the hotspot. Now, when I got to this part, I was like, oh yeah, right, that far north? No, seriously, it did. There were celebrities like Duke Ellington, Amelia Earhart, and Jimmy Stewart who stayed there, uh, and a lot more. People would travel there just to sit around and drink with famous people. That's so random. It's so random. It's so random. I love it. Uh, but there is no one more famous than the Lilac Lady. So here's the story. The tale that accompanies the room is that of a young woman whose lover was a sailor, a sailor who set out on Lake Superior and was never seen again. So she started to wonder, did he jilt her or did his ship go down? And these questions about her di his disappearance plagued her to the point where she couldn't take the grief anymore. Trigger warning. Um, for this uh she was found in the room after hanging herself out of despair evidently Ooh. not accepting her lover's fate or even her own she remains in the room as if waiting for her sailor to return guests who stay in that corner room have seen her ghost standing at the window lying on the bed standing at the foot of the bed and gliding through the room all witnesses report the same thing they have all said that this female spirit wears a floral gown, and therefore she has been named the Lilac Lady. So does she match the wallpaper? Does the yeah. ghost match the drapes? Supposedly, <laughs> yeah, or as close as they think it can get. Yeah. Does the ghost match yep. the drapes? Does the ghost match the drapes? <laughs> that is so oh. good. Oh my god. So yeah, that's there, there's a few ghost stories, but more ghost towns, and I found the, the history of this area so fascinating. Um, so I'm going to mark down that we'll do more ghost town things, I think, in the future, because I wasn't expecting to get this much out of out of this really, really remote area uh, in the U.S. And it's kind of cool to know that those places still exist, because it always feels like there's so many people here all the time um, that, yeah, that it's it's there's a little bit of preserved history there and also just a shit ton of copper. I've been to a ghost town in the states. I can't remember what state it was in. Um, it was like it was it was a mining town. And it was like up in the middle of the mountains, and it's just wild because it's just there's nothing for like ever. And then there's just town that's just sitting there, and it's just nothing. Um, <laughs> very very freaky, totally. But a town that I actually grew up in for a bit became a ghost town. Ooh, what? Um, this place uh northern BC is called Tumbler Ridge. Uh, my dad's always worked on large machines for like the mines and so yeah he was up there there was a big uh mining boom up there and like from age probably like one to six i was there i barely remember it you know my parents split or whatever and my mom took took me 
to the place where I was born and where I finished growing up. But um, eventually, like, my dad ended up having to leave, too, because the mines all closed down and the whole place turned into a ghost town. <laughs> Until, like, five years ago or something, it reopened. Because I guess they found another vein of something. <laughs> okay. Wow. That's wild. It was super random. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. And that seems to be the story around, at least at least in certain parts of North America that, um, you know, were settled later that it was all around industry. But the, the European ones, I dug only a little bit and I was like, oh, there are so many stories here. It's really fascinating. Yeah, my dad goes up on um, northern BC every year to go um, fishing, like right along the Alaska border, kind of there. And um, there's so many up there because yeah, it's the same thing. Like all the mine mm-hmm. mining stuff up there. He likes finding these towns and going to check them out. <laughs> when he's not there, he looks at them on YouTube. Like this is what my dad does. There you go. Tell him to come up to the Kanawha Peninsula. There you go. <laughs> For uh, sure. So yeah, that's that's the ghost towns of uh, of the UP here in Michigan. The UP. That's dope. <laughs> All right, Courtney, are you going to bring us home? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so my ghost stories are my ghost stories because I've had a lot of encounters with uh, stuff on the other side, I guess, which might speak to why I'm so... Uh, not okay with summoning that shit because it just comes all the time as it is. Um, yeah, so one of my earliest memories is actually of being haunted when I was little. Oh my god. Which sounds wild to say out loud, but um, when I, before my parents, so like, my parents moved from Anchorage out to uh, the valley in Alaska when I was like four and a half, five. Um, and before we moved in our Anchorage condo, uh, I had at least two hauntings. The first one that I remember is, so like, I distinctly remember the entire layout of our house. Um, mm-hmm. And so like my bedroom, like when you come in the front door, my bedroom was directly to the left. And across the hallway was a bathroom that uh, had another door that led to my parents' room. So our house kind of, like, you could run in a circle between my room into my parents, into the bathroom, into my parents' room, into the living room, and then back into my room. Um, And uh, the door was open, and the hallway light was on because I was baby, like, maybe four years old. Um... And did not like sleeping in the dark. And um, all of a sudden, a large green clawed hand slapped on the wall. And it was disembodied and bloody. What the fuck? Yeah. Uh, And so I was, I saw it and I just kind of obviously froze. Didn't do anything. I had a little voice in my head that said, just don't stop looking at it and you'll be okay so i just stared at it until it like slid back like slid around the edge of the door jam so i couldn't see it anymore and then i continued to stare just in case it came back and then went to bed you just went to bed after that. fell asleep i don't know what else was i gonna do i wasn't gonna get up out of bed that's a damn sure way to die <laughs> i knew that fair um, 
also same apartment i remember like uh having ghosts coming at me at like from across the other side of the room not from where the door was but from like a different corner of the room and so i would just um i would just stare them down i got really close and then they disappear like staring them down meant that they lost the game of chicken or something i don't know um yeah uh, and then another time, I don't remember if this was after we moved to the valley or before, but it was definitely after my sister was born because she was uh, screaming. It was nap time. And um, a panda teddy bear that we had put its head in its hand and shook its head as if to say, Oye vey. Oh, my God. Nope. Yeah. yeah. Does your sister remember this? She was too little to remember, okay. so I think she, so. My I would have been like three or four, oh, okay. At most five, and she's so she would have been at most three. I don't know if she remembers or not. She has her own ghost stories. I try to get her her really good ghost stories uh, to share because they're wild and intense. But um, she didn't get them to me in time. So if I get them, um, maybe we can like I'll record it and we can have it as like an extra bonus yeah, thing totally. or something um because her her ghost stories make my ghost stories look uh weak so damn um the other ghost slash angel encounter I had was uh at my great grandmother's house so my great great no my great grandfather built my great-grandmother's house for her when they retired. Um, so they had originally had a farm in Ellensburg, Washington. And then um, when they sold the farm and decided to kind of retire, they built a beach house in Tacoma. And then my grandpa died and they lived there. Like they lived there. They both died in that house. Um, and uh, I was visiting my great-grandma after my great-grandfather had died and I was sleeping on a couch in the living room and I distinctly remember him coming and like ruffling my hair and talking to me but he was very much dead so that was fun wow uh and then the house that I grew up in in the valley was definitely haunted uh, my mom hates it when I say this, but it's definitely haunted. My parents are trying to sell that house now. <laughs> um, after Oops. 20, 25, 26 years, something like that. 27 years. Um, but, like, uh, if, like, I would be home by myself. No one home. Nothing on. And you can hear voices. Like, people talking or radios playing music. But it was music that my family didn't listen to. Uh, for throughout the house, and I've also had like be so our house is uh kind of like a C shape because it used to be two duplexes with garages in the middle, and then uh when my grandparents moved, my parents took over both sides of the duplex and made it one big house, and um you'll be on one side of the house and you can hear doors shutting on the other side. Weird. And it doesn't matter what side you're on; it's not like one side's haunted and the other side isn't. It's the whole fucking place. Uh, so I hate having to stay there by myself. 
And the last time I had to be there by myself, I definitely invited my best friend over so that we could hang out together so I wouldn't have to deal with haunted shit by myself and uh, the wardrobe in my mom's. Like, we went into my mom's room to get fingernail polish remover or something. And the wardrobe in my mom's bedroom, which is an old antique, probably haunted piece of furniture, opened on its own. So we just ran. That was Rosie. Rosie was with me. So, um, yeah, I don't... I don't like to mess with stuff like that because, like, this shit just seems to always be around. Um, I don't like it. I don't, I talk, like, I'll be like, ghost, let's have a deal. Like, I won't mess with you. You won't mess with me. We'll just be fine. Just don't, like, you mess with my there, shit. Stay here. <laughs> Same deal I have with spiders. You stay in your corner. I'll stay in my corner. We'll just happily. Yeah. Quietly coexist. Don't make me cry, please. Um, Because, yeah, I just, I have a real hard time with that. Real hard time with that stuff. And that, dear husband behind me, is why I throw salt over my shoulder constantly when I am using it. Because I don't need more haunting. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. That's wild. I've never had anything like that happen to me before. Yeah, me either. Nope. I also get a lot of like weird deja vu that I don't care for. So, and I used to play with astral projection when I was a little kid. Like, I, I don't like that. I can't do it. I just, it's not good for your brains. It's not good for your heart. Like, you'll just kind of feel like you're very divorced from yourself. It's not fun. Fair. Have you ever experienced like the kind of deja vu where you dream about something and it's like not something you do every day but the next day it actually happens yes yes okay Okay. all the time all the time or like i'll be i'll like have i'll like have the dream and it'll be like um like i had a dream that i was dating a bald guy and i was like i would never date a bald guy and then um my one of my last really like ended up dating a guy who actually was bald and like, not only was it that, but it was like we were doing the same things that I had been doing in my dream. That's wild. Or I can like smell things that are part of like I'll have like catch like a whiff of a scent that will trigger deja vu, and be like, oh, like I had deja vu that we were you know gonna be going on this trip, and good thing it turns out good this time. But my mom gets stuff like that, too. So, I don't know. Maybe it's just, like, subliminal signals that I pick up on that my brain just thinks are special. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, I've got no explanation for it. That's, that's wild. Nope. Nope. So. Well, thank you for telling your stories. Yeah. Uh, blankets are a great ghost repellent. just bury your head underneath that shit cats are great as well until Um, you're staring off in the corner and there's nothing there yeah so like I was telling about that because our cats are obsessed with the corner in our living room by the TV they love to get up on top of the entertainment like console thing where we have all of our consoles and like try to attack this corner there's no bugs in the corner there's nothing there. And my mother-in-law was like, oh, it must be like a tree or something scratching in that corner. There's no bush up that high there. 
in front of our home. Like, we have a rhododendron in front of the window, but there's nothing in that corner. Sorry, I don't like it. Yeah, I don't like it. Yeah. It's not good. Just to just tell just tell mom that I also say it's ghosts. And <laughs> yeah. All I think of... they, they can like very kindly put up with my superstitions <laughs> but don't really uh don't really think that they're true. I don't know. He he shakes his head. He shakes his head, he shrugged his shoulder. He don't know either. <laughs> That's fair. I guess like if you're listening to this and you have a ghost story and you want us to tell it, send us an email. Love ghosts. Love it. Let me know I'm not the only freak. <laughs> Makes me feel good. For sure. All right. Well, I think we can wrap there. Hey. The super creepy spooky episode. Do, 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 do. Hey, that was really fun. That's it for this week. Next week, we take a bit of a break and get back into the infamous fanfiction, My Immortal. As always, links, pictures, and additional information can be found on our website at thehumanexception.com. To keep up with all things exceptional, be sure to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at The Human Exception. Have a story that you want us to cover? Want to tell us that we're wrong or just want to say hi? You can email us at thehumanexception at gmail.com. And to get on the fun, come join us on our Discord server. Link can be found on our contact page. Keep on being exceptional, my humans, and have a wonderful weekend. <laughs>